3: get help with expenses that health insurance does not cover, visit affleck.com to learn more.
0: AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi
3: there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here
0: you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled.
3: You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's a Thursday. It's hour two. Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show. Chris Sims from Pro Football Talk Live will join us coming up. We'll talk about his quarterback rankings. We're down to the final four. And certainly has one interesting choice in that final four. So he'll join us coming up. Also... The NFL Combine, it's been a staple in Indianapolis. But now the NFL, as it is with everything, open for business. Hey, come on in and place your bids. It's almost like you're trying to attract a Super Bowl. You know, Super Bowl, bringing in all of these people, make it a destination kind of event. And I'm thinking Vegas is going to be your designation because there's a couple things in play here. If you can have betting in the combine, let's say you want to bet on 40-yard dash, over-under. How about one player against another player? I'm thinking Vegas is going to be open for business with the NFL combine. And the NFL looking for money. Uh, Vegas could pony up. I'm I'm guessing Los Angeles with the new stadium would also be a place, but you're going to have the Super Bowl there. But now it feels like, like, what's this come down to? What, what is this? What's going to solidify a bid from a, a city over another city? I'm guessing money. Because Indianapolis, you're thinking, okay, that's not your normal destination. But they've done such a wonderful job with it that we just assume the combine in Indianapolis. Now the NFL is open for business and will be taking bids on, I think it's in Indianapolis this next year and then after that, We're open for business. Yeah, McLevin.
4: I was wondering if it's a way to sort of satisfy owners because you know how a lot of owners are not going to get a Super Bowl and I think they're furious about it. So we'll say we'll throw you a combine. Is that maybe what they're going to do here?
3: It could be. I mean, you know, Jerry Jones is going to be front and center saying, you know, we'll host it. Oh, they'll throw the kitchen sink at it. But they've hosted Super Bowls there. If you build a stadium, you get a Super Bowl. But... After you get that Super Bowl, then are you in the rotation there? You know, yep. the Miami Dolphins, you know, being able to have it in Miami, having it in New Orleans, having it in Los Angeles, uh, San Diego, they used to be, a, be in that rotation a little bit here. So I think that that's, that's the interesting part with this. But once you you build that stadium, we're going to give you a Super Bowl, and then for the most part, they go back to their normal rotation. Yeah, McLeod?
4: I've never been there or seen it, but isn't that don't that Cowboys have that practice facility and it's supposed to be spectacular. It seems like a nice combination for a a combine event.
3: Well, I would think you just have it in, you know, Jerry's house. You know, you just you, you charge admission. How many people can you get in there? You know, that's another thing. One other story just to keep an eye on the Chicago Bears. And and this is a local story. But could the Chicago Bears move out of downtown Chicago to go to Arlington Heights? That's a, a, a northwest suburb. This comes down to the Bears have the smallest stadium in the NFL. Now, remember when they tried to upgrade a decade ago, when they put that spaceship in the middle of it, when well, they just added luxury suites, they weren't adding more seats. Green Bay is the smallest city in the NFL, and they have, I think, the third largest stadium capacity-wise. And they went through a renovation here. Could the Bears move out of downtown Chicago? And it's one of those where you go, no, nah, they won't do that. Well, there's the Arlington Racetrack, where they, I believe, have bought the property they
5: put in a an official bid on the property they're starting to the bid on the property yeah
3: so you can't say oh that'll never happen because it does happen it has happened and if you can expand and but if you start to look at these NFL stadiums now the LA coliseum can fit 90,000 more if they wanted to paul you have the list of stadiums there
5: yeah this is seems pretty current but the smaller ones arizona cardinals really nice field 63,000 uh the las vegas raiders is 65 new place Detroit Lions is sixty five thousand. Miami Dolphins is sixty five. they're I would say most of them are about half of them are under seventy thousand. Uh, Tampa Bay is only sixty five thousand. Yeah. Then the biggest ones are MetLife Giants because it's a Big Bowl. Green Bay Packers holds eighty one thousand now. They're the second biggest in fan. Capacity, oh, they are
3: second now. I think. Uh, what's Seattle's attendance? Uh, they're at sixty eight thousand. Okay. Now, that doesn't feel like 68,000 when you look at it. It sounds like 168,000 when you're in there. But I, I was curious wh- where they ranked there. You got a lot of them. The sweet spot is right around that 60, 65,000. But that's just something that uh, keep an eye on. We'll talk to uh, Chris Sims. He'll join us coming up. Chris Paul, who missed the first two games of the Western Conference Finals, is uh, right now listed as probable. He passed a cardio exam. Now, that's required in order to be cleared to play again. And he was placed in uh, the protocols on June 16th. He tested positive for COVID, asymptomatic. And uh, his vaccination status made the uh, typical quarantine timeline of 10 to 14 days shorter for Chris Paul. But now he had been quarantining in Los Angeles where he lives, And the game and the series, you know, shifting to Los Angeles, probable for tonight's game. Last night, improbable because you would have thought Milwaukee Bucks at home, they play great at home. And, uh, you know, there's no, hey, this is a cute little team coming to town. And the Atlanta Hawks surprised the Milwaukee Bucks, winning by three, 48 for Trey Young. It's strange to say this. I didn't think he had a great game. He was 17 to 34. He wasn't great in the fourth quarter, but they end up winning. They go on an eighteen to eight run and they pick up the win. Here's the Atlanta Hawks head coach Nate McMillan on their success on the road. I felt we we built ourselves to. Uh, be able to play on the road
4: and, uh, you know, I, I've told them that, uh, that, you know, they're built for this. You know, again, tonight we got off to somewhat of a slow start. I thought we just needed to get our second
3: win. Uh, looked like we were, uh, uh, just was uh, running in mud that first quarter and, uh, we just stayed with it. Yeah, they did and Nate's done a wonderful job. I think there's something like 36 and 16 since he took over and we had John Barry on from the mothership. He was on the radio call last night of that game and he said Nate McMillan was holding Trey Young accountable. When he took over, it wasn't, "Hey, we're not taking logo shots here." All right? And and John thinks this is the first time Trey Young has been coached where, "Don't come down here and basically just freelance. You know, we need to have a little bit more structure." The Bucks got a great game out of the Greek Freak. They did not get a great game out of Chris Middleton. It feels like when Chris Middleton plays well, they win. We expect the Greek Freak to play well. We plug in those numbers. And he did play all-around great game. Chris Middleton, when he doesn't play well... The Bucks are, are vulnerable here. Yeah, McLevin.
4: I was shocked at how good Drew Holiday was because that was not the same player in the Nets series. No. He was really, really good offensively.
3: Yeah, offensively. I thought he was the best defensive guard in the NBA. Well, he's supposed to be one of the I don't know who's a great defender anymore. I, I, I truly don't. Because growing up, when you said somebody's a good defender or great defender, they were. Like, Scotty Pippen, to me, is as great a defender as the NBA has ever had. He could guard everybody. He could guard a point guard. He could guard a big man. He had length. He had speed. He had quickness. He was smart. And he had freedom to roam a little bit because Ron Harper was a good defender. Jordan, of course, a really good defender. But, you know, you have these guys who are supposed to be great defenders. Paul George is supposed to be a great defender. Kawhi, great defender. Uh, Rudy Gobert, defensive player of the year. Ben Simmons, defensive player of the year candidate. I don't know who's any good on defense anymore. Because it comes down to, can you somehow guard against the pick and roll? That's it. Can you get over the top? Uh, Do you switch? Does somebody come up and help? And you're watching last night. They run the same play. It feels like. It's just like when I I watch Utah with John Stockton and Carl Malone. You knew what they were going to run. It didn't matter. And Stockton wasn't a shoot-first point guard. Now these guys, they're shooting. You you give me an inch, and I'm going to take a shot. And, you know, look at Steph Curry's success. Pick, run off a pick, over a pick, and then he gets a jumper. Trey Young, same thing. Set a pick. Going this way, going that way. Somebody helping. No, and there was the moment last night when Trey hit the uh, the three. He, it it it's one of those that it's just one play, but it stood out for a variety of reasons. First of all, he had the little shimmy before he takes the shot, and the other part of it that really stood out more than the shimmy was, where is everybody? So the the best shooter on the floor, one of the best shooters in the game, and nobody's around. Like, you, you almost felt like there was a whistle and everybody stopped. And, and then you realize there's no whistle. It's just, uh, anybody going to guard me? Uh, let me? Let me adjust here and I'll hit a three-pointer. We say good morning to our radio partners. We're uh, closing in on 400 cities around America. Also, our TV partner, Peacock. Download the app. You can watch for free. Yes, McLovin? When I was a kid, there were two great defenders. Michael
4: Cooper of the Lakers and Bobby Jones of the Sixers. Now, are you telling me that they weren't really as
3: good as everyone always told me they were? I was told Bobby Jones was a great defender. And he was until he guarded Dr. J. Then he was not a great defender. Michael Cooper, great defender. Until he guarded Dr. J. Dr. J kind of removed a couple of the defensive titles from people. You know, Gerald Wilkins, Dominique's brother, he was the Jordan stopper. That didn't last long. That didn't last long at all. Gary Payton, to me, was a wonderful defender. Like, truly a great defender. Early in his career, lockdown defender. But it also helps. Michael Cooper wasn't asked to do anything other than play defense. Now, occasionally he'd hit an outside shot. He had a set shot that he would shoot. Dennis Rodman, early in his career. He's the guy guarding Worthy. He's the guy guarding Larry Bird. He was only asked to do that. He wasn't even asked to be the great defender or a rebounder. Just you go out there, Dennis, and act like a pogo stick and play great defense because everybody else took care of everything else. If you like, if you're going to be a great defender, chances are you're only asked to be a great defender. But Drew Holiday, um, you know, Clay Thompson, supposed to be a great two way guard. I don't know if today's rules you can be a great defender anymore because they allow you to carry, they allow you to travel. And they're going to call everything on the defense. I mean, Trey Young shoots a lot of free throws. Now, he makes a lot of free throws, but he goes to the line. I got a stat here for you. Give me stat of the day music, please. Trey Young was 9-10 from the free throw line in the fourth quarter. He's shooting 90% from the line on the road in the fourth quarter. He's made 37 fourth quarter free throws on the road. The most in the NBA postseason since Manu Ginobili had 42 back in 07. Still got it. Yep. Still got it. Yep. That's called hitting the post, kids. If you want to get in the business, you got to be able to hit the post there. Uh, Nothing like playoff hockey. Peacock has live coverage. Stanley Cup semis. And we got a Game 7 Islanders in Tampa tomorrow. Go to PeacockTV.com right now to sign up. Yes, Paul?
5: So uh, I've got the list of defensive players of the year, and it's like Michael Cooper and those type of guys, Ben Wallace. But there's a couple of guys that stand out. Hakeem Olajuwon won defensive player of the year. That season, he averaged 24 points a game, 25 points a game. Michael Jordan, this is nuts. He won Defensive Player of the Year in 1988. He also led the league in scoring with 35 points per game yeah. at the same season. Jordan led the league in steals three different times in his career.
3: <laughs> oh, oh,
5: oh. Defensive Player of the Year.
3: We always feel like if Paulie can somehow get Walter Payton and or Michael Jordan into a show, he's done his job. And, and Rush played Chicago and, State and in and that Rush. Area, Yeah, think. of course they did. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, Rush Limbaugh. Not the band, Rush. Yes, McLevin.
4: I feel like the great players, like LeBron, I saw when Jamal Murray got hot last year in the playoffs, LeBron switched on to him and said, I'm going to put all my energy into yeah, this. Yeah. It was like a vice grip. That, and like Jordan was like that too, but they don't spend all game playing defense, do they?
3: No, I thought Michael got to the point where he just played the passing lanes. That, but but he was, he was brilliant. It's just you don't want to spend all your energy on defense if you're being asked to spend all your energy on offense as well. You know, Iverson... I thought could have been a great defender. He was at Georgetown, but he got a lot of steals. You go into the NBA. It's just like, this is what I'm being paid to do. And that is play offense. Keep, keep going, keep bringing it. Uh, I I think Akeem Olajuwon might be the most underrated player in the NBA. I just, I, I thought he was spectacular, fascinating, great footwork. Um, he could pass. He was a def- he was one of those guys that would block a shot, but he would keep it inbound. There was nothing demonstrative about him. Like his his whole nature is very passive. Like there is a Zen feel to him, and he had a wonderful touch. And uh, and I loved being around Akeem. I just thought he was just a pleasant man, and happened to be a great player. But. Uh, And I know that we always go, well, but those uh, Rockets—they won when Michael Jordan was playing baseball. Somebody had to win those titles, you know. (laughs) Somebody did. Like they're not giving them back, you know. You don't go, you know. In second thought, you know, we're going to give you the trophy, but it's uh, it's got a couple of pieces broken here, you know. Mike took those, yes. The Knicks would have taken those. Oh yeah, hell yes, they would. All right, let me take a break. Is the uh, combine headed to Las Vegas because? Well, you can gamble on the Combine. We'll talk to Chris Sims and his quarterback rankings. He's got the top four. I think one is controversial. All right, we'll take a break. 16 after the hour, more phone calls coming up as well here on the Dan Patrick Show. Later on this afternoon, got about a 90-minute session online. Zoom call with the uh, students, Full Sail University, the Dan Patrick School of Sports Casting. You can get an accelerated bachelor's degree designed to teach you all the... Asc- asc- uh, You know, I I screw up the read only when I'm talking about being a sportscaster. So these are the ones that I should get right. All aspects of sportscasting from in front of the camera, behind the camera, podcasting, radio. And they help you with your delivery and the enunciation part of that as well. But what I'm going to do is we look at tapes and I'm able to review these tapes with the students being there on the Zoom call. And we do 90 minutes once a month. And it's great feedback for them. You're going to love what Full Sail does, their approach to education, hands-on learning, faculty with real-world experience, and you could earn your bachelor's degree in sportscasting in as short of time as uh, 20 months. Go to uh, Dan Patrick's School of Sportscasting at fullsail.com edu slash dan patrick thanks for listening to the dan patrick show podcast be sure to catch us live every weekday morning nine until noon eastern six to nine pacific on fox sports radio and you can find us on the iHeartRadio radio app at fsr or stream us live on the peacock app Affleck has the assist for you. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit affleck.com to learn more. Got some new t-shirts. Go to DanPatrick.com. Got some fun ones there. If you're a fan of the show and some inside jokes in there, you're going to love them. Go to DanPatrick.com. We got the uh, Todd Fritz, the uh, That's What I'm Talking About pizza shirt. Famously swooped in as Seaton was ready to have his lunch. Had a, a personal pizza. Fritzie didn't understand what a personal pan pizza is. So he just went in, swooped in, and goes, "That's what I'm talking about." Well,
2: he took it personally. I know that. When I <laughs> <Okay. his left. laughs> All right.
3: All right. But you—you said you felt horribly, but you didn't buy Seaton. I did feel so pizza. bad to the point <laughs> where I felt motivated to
4: like replace the slice of pizza. That's How about true.
3: you buy yourself a personal pizza and let Seton swoop in and who, go? That's who wouldn't what want to I'm buy himself a pizza about? and give one slice back? Yes,
4: <laughs> What was personal about that pizza It was like a large.
3: I don't think so. Oh, it was not a personal pizza. Well, that still doesn't mean Fritzy can swoop in and go, that's what I'm it's talking about. It like a pretty
2: nice amount of pizza where I was probably tricked into thinking there must be a few more like that in the back. and <laughs> we got a party going here.
3: Yes, Paul.
5: Just to clarify, it was a small, and it was right by Seaton's left hand in his desk. It wasn't in a common area. Was it? How many slices were there? Eight, eight thin slices. And this is from a pizza company that makes really thin, small pizzas.
4: They only make one size pizza. <laughs> It sounds like a little... you can get a small or a large. You could just get a pizza. I thought
2: it was a little selfish of him that if it's a pizza party, White's got to have all the pizza right next to his desk. Like it should be in a central area where we could all go. You know. Yeah,
3: because normally of... when I'm buying for the room, I have everything out in a common area. Right, the kitchen or whatever, so yeah. everybody could get to it. He's got it right by his left shoulder there. Like, How rude! <laughs> Let's bring in Chris Sims, pro football talk live co-host on uh, Peacock. Chris, good morning. How are you?
1: I'm doing good, Dan. How are you, buddy? Hi, hey, guys, what's up? How's everything going?
3: Have you ever had a serious argument with Mike Florio where you got mad at one another? Like it was real.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, Over there's what? definitely. Well. Gosh, there's been a lot, I think, really, you know, sometimes he can be, we have a little thing like conspiracy Mike, right? Conspiracy Florio, where he can just go on some weird tangent of, I think this and I'm putting this together and this guy said this four months ago. And that's where sometimes, yeah, he could drive me crazy. And I go, Hey, that sounds all good and dandy, but that's absolutely crazy to draw those conclusions. So sorry to not be able to come up with something truly specific right here on the dot, but we, we definitely. Uh, have our arguments. I think sure.
3: Florio thinks he could take you because I brought up the topic of if Florio went against NFL insiders, like he thinks he could take Adam Schefter. Now, he can't take Glazer, but right. Shefty, Jason Fora, Uh I think Florio yeah, thinks he could, he could take you.
1: Well, he thinks he's tough. That's for sure. He does. I mean, he walks around with his chest puffed out a little bit <laughs> as is anyways, but I have given him Dan um enough physical contact that he knows he can't take me that's that's one thing he knows that he will say that from time to time you know when he is here in the studio with me on mondays to do pft and things like that during a regular season i always hit on him and grab him and do those type of things i miss that uh but i think he knows he he better not mess with me
3: (laughs) i mentioned that uh, the combine is now up for sale if you want to bid on the combine out of indianapolis what's it going to take? And I, I see it going to Vegas. And I think the gambling aspect is going to play a big role here. I think it could become a big event and uh, a destination where people going to Vegas, uh, you're going to have the fan access there, the 40-yard dash. Now you can bet yeah. on the 40-yard dash. It, is that a stretch that you think the NFL would look at this and go, hey, let's combine gambling with the combine?
1: I, I, I think – It makes sense from all aspects of what you're saying. I think the one thing that, okay, I'll just say as a guy that played in the NFL, I was a young, dumb athlete at one point in my life, and I know NFL coaches. I just don't know if you want to put the whole league in that city to just flirt with social media danger. Oh, I saw this coach at this strip club or gambling at this table or whatever. You know what I'm saying. Entice kids who have a little free time 19 years old, maybe have 20 years old, have a little money in their pocket. They do something. That's the only thing I would be worried about in Vegas, but it makes sense from everything else. You can kind of walk everywhere. They have the great new facility with the stadium and all that, and that's where I kind of envision this thing going with you. Like I'm with you. I think you're to see some of these new stadiums that you know can really hold these type of events really clamor for for the combine
3: oh I think there's going to be betting at the stadiums I think it'll be like the Premier League probably Where you, you're yeah. able to go into a private club and you can place a bet and uh, you know you could bet on first half stats uh, you know third quarter stats all of those things individual right. stats as well uh, you have your top uh, top 10 list now down to the top four last time we had you on. You uh, said maybe there's a little controversy in the uh, final four. So uh, starting at number four on your quarterback list is? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, again, you know, we're not talking about off the field
1: or anything like that, but Deshaun Watson on the field, you know, just... I mean what more can you say about the player? He's tough as hell. He's got no defense, no running game. He didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. He probably had the best year of his career. In fact, anybody you talk to is probably gonna tell you he had the best year of his career. You know, he wants to play within the pocket he can dice you up and make the right decisions and appropriate throw from that standpoint all the time, let alone, you know, some of the things he can do, extending plays, getting out of trouble. He's a magic man that way. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of Deshaun Watson and what he does on the football field. Okay.
3: What is going to happen here with Deshaun Watson?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he's done in Houston. I mean, he was, he was done in Houston before, before all this, you know, all came about with the 22, you know, w- women and the, ma- the masseuse and all that. So uh, I think eventually, whether it gets figured out now or later, if it doesn't get figured out right now, I think he's going to go on the commissioner exempt list. I do. I-, I think he'll sit there until maybe some more of these this legalities or some type of deal is figured out. And then let's say a deal is figured out and he does you know, come to an agreement in a civil lawsuit or something like that, mm-hmm. I still think he's going to be suspended for a period of time, but I do think that's when he'll open up the box of, hey, we, we'll trade for him. Uh, we, he's going to get suspended for four games, six games, eight games, whatever. Okay, he's too talented that I think somebody, there'll, there'll definitely be a market. It's just about when he can become available.
3: All right, so I know Mahomes will be number one on your list. The big question yeah. now is, has Josh Allen graduated to right. the second-best quarterback, and you would take him over Aaron Rodgers. That that was the big question that I had. And yep. uh, number three on your list is? Yes, number three is, oh, Aaron Rodgers. Yes, okay. my
1: favorite quarterback ever. I know, and I love Aaron Rodgers. I do. You know, I mean, of course, it's still awesome. It's still one of the, the best arms in football, still one of the greatest arms in the history of the sport. You know, I think where I, you know, look at him, hey, amazing you know before the snap of course after the snap diagnosing plays making the you know right decision can make any throw you want there's no doubt he's surgical that way he's kind of a zen master as far as all the pre-snap stuff and all that yeah he's better than Josh Allen at that aspect certainly but not so much greater than him that i thought whoa wait Josh Allen does all the stuff that Rodgers used to do four or five, six years ago, in extending plays and getting out of the pocket, and you know, manipulating coverage downfield to throw a 30-yard, you know, laser. Or wait, they stayed deep. Now I'll run for 30 yards. That's where I believe he has really surpassed Rodgers. So yeah, he's behind him in the mental aspect, but not so much that I still couldn't give him the advantage for the wow factor, the plays that he makes where I go, nothing's there, and they still get a 20 or 30 yard gain out of it that's the one thing that just jumps out I mean uh, you know Roger's awesome it's just Josh Allen is starting the prime and has superstar big time talent like a
3: Patrick Mahomes but I'll go back to yeah. like his first year I, I didn't think he knew how to play football at times like he just sure. he made decisions where you go well, you got to be kidding but if right. I would have said he's coming out of Wyoming he's yep. going to be the second best quarterback on your list in four years what would you have said
1: Oh, I said there would be a possibility of that. You know, that's why I made him my number one quarterback that year. You know, I started off with Lamar. I think I've told you the story. I got such a backlash from everybody in football. I thought, oh, maybe something I don't know. I had Josh Allen number two always, and I moved him up to number one. But, you know, that potential's always been there. You know, but it's just been about the decision-making, refining the game a little bit, but the talent was always there. And, you know, we've seen that kind of progressively gotten better. You know, again, two years ago, he went to the playoffs and threw 20 touchdowns and nine interceptions and had a really good year. People didn't really want to give him credit for it that year. Last year was insane. And, you know, Dan, to add on to it, you could make a case he could have been the MVP. I mean, they had no run game and average defense you know an average offensive line and good weapons not great it's like weapons that i would say i don't know are probably less than rodgers who i don't think has the greatest weapons either it's close It's oh, a good Rogers has
3: better weapons than josh allen i think
1: i think so too you, you, you some people it goes the other way but i'm with you i think rodgers actually has the edge i would probably take digs over Devontae Adams. It's close. But after that, it's close, right? Rodgers has recently, a better
3: offensive line. He's got a better yeah. running back. Exactly right. Exactly. But,
1: you know, a, a lot of people, you the haters of Josh Allen, you can't tell them that. He got Stephon Diggs. That's all people talk about. <laughs> like, he's just supposed to, like, rip up the world just because he got him. You know, the plays he made, you know, off schedule, getting out of the pocket, they're eye-popping. They rival Mahomes as far as being able to make something happen when nothing's there. And then here's another aspect, too. You know, he he's gotten 42 touchdowns, no interceptions in the red zone. He takes care of the ball. Yeah. I would say, other than Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, he's the third-best running quarterback in football. He's a real threat, you know, as far as truly a quarterback design run down in the red zone area for a touchdown. And then scrambling – I think he's the second best scrambler in the sport. And when I say scrambler, I mean buying time in the pocket or outside the pocket. Mahomes is one, of course, but Allen is two. And I think he's just starting the prime of his career. So that's that's why I made him
3: two, Dan. It was tough. You know I love Aaron Rodgers. If Mahomes doesn't win that Super Bowl, and he didn't have a good Super Bowl, but let's say he doesn't win that game against the 49ers, he loses the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. Is Patrick Mahomes number one on your list?
1: Yeah, he still is. Okay. He is. It, it's it's still, you know, and I recognize that he's got talent around him and all those type of things, but this is still I mean, what's his the weakness? Most, the weakness can maybe be at times being maybe a hair greedy, right? Maybe not quite, you know, get it. he's might he's not at that level of like Brady or Rogers or Breeze and dissecting a defense mentally quite yet or always doing the right thing. You know, but he's got such great physical talent and ability that, you know, you, we won't recognize sometimes when he might make that mistake because he'll cover it up with his ability. But like these, these he's next level and like also, I mean, extremely smart. I don't want to take that away from either one of these guys. But here's like a great example of to me why like guys like Mahomes and Allen have gone next level. Rogers, Brady, you know, let's say uh, whoever, Russell Wilson, whatever. Okay, there's a blitz this way. I got to throw the hot route. Boom, throw the hot route, five-yard completion. Awesome. Mahomes and Allen will have the same thing. Realize where their hot route is and go, eh, I think I could get something better. And they'll let the guy get a little closer and they'll make them miss. And now they buy themselves time and get outside the pocket. And instead of throwing that hot route for a five-yard completion, they get a forty-yard completion out of it, and they go, "Do you want to blitz me again? You want to? You want to try that one more time? Because I like that. Mm. You know, that's where they're so dangerous. You know, they're a little different that way, is where they don't play the position textbook, but they have enough textbook, and then this backyard ability that's just uh, insane in the membrane.
3: What do you? Uh, who do you think Tom Brady was referring to when he was shopping his talons and? Yeah. You know, you're going to stay with that mf'er.
1: Yeah, right. Who do
3: you? Cause I, 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 I maintain it, that it was Mitchell Trubisky because, as I first reported, nobody knew the Bears were involved in this. It was yeah, I, Chargers, right. Buccaneers, and then the Bears. I know right. the Colts. He was interested in them. He was interested in Tennessee. The right. Colts didn't have a franchise quarterback. The Titans, Tannehill had played well. Yes. Uh, the Chargers didn't have a franchise quarterback at the time. Feels like, you know, are the Bears going to stick with Mitchell Trubisky? And they stuck with Mitchell Trubisky. Who do you think? I, he... I, I
1: mean, yeah. I, I, well, That's what I love about Brady. I mean, I love that fire about him. And like, he's like, <laughs> are you crazy? That MF-er, you're going to really, I mean, that's really the way he is. And that's why he's awesome. La... I mean, from like from, from the standpoint of, yeah, what guy you would call you're going to stick through that mf I'm with you. It makes sense for it to be Chicago. My only thing is, did Brady ever get to the serious point or conversation with that team to where he was actually like really wanted to go there? You know, that's where I just don't know. That's the only part where I it makes sense for that quote to be Trubisky. It doesn't make sense for me for – Brady for an Ever wanted to go to Chicago and be a part of an offense that we have a lot of question marks about and weapons and lack of offensive line and all those things. So it's either
3: Trubisky
1: or I, I don't I, think I, he had that
3: many choices, Chris.
1: Like, I don't know either. Unless he just goes back to Jimmy Garoppolo and goes, Okay, you're gonna go with that M effer, yeah. that guy who missed all those throws in the Super Bowl, and that's why you didn't win the game. But I have a hard time believing that too. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, the quarterback itself, I'm with you. It lends me to think it was Trubisky.
3: The quarterback on the hottest seat this year, so. Oh gosh, that's a really good question. So here. let's say Hold you on. got Kirk D. Cousins, Tua, Jared Goff. I guess Roethlisberger. I think I think Goff and Tua are on a
1: real hot seat. Just to throw that out there. I think Detroit flirted with the idea of drafting a quarterback in the top ten, anyways. Tua, you know the rumors are real down there. I, I'm whatever I'm reporting. If Deshaun Watson becomes available, they're gonna make a play for Deshaun Watson. They are. So I do think it's a big year. And if Tua shows to be so, this isn't an opinion.
3: You're reporting that the Dolphins, if when Deshaun Watson is cleared to play we'll make a play to trade for.
1: That De- definitely. I know from enough people in the know and everything that 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 conversation and all those things we heard about 2 months ago through it was very real, very real. So, uh and and you know, again, so I look at Tua and Goff, I think to be one of those two guys. Another guy I'll throw out there that you know, you just you didn't say that I think semi on the hot seat is daniel jones and the giants okay right you know they've they've got enough talent on the offensive side of the ball now to where there's no excuses he's played enough football to where we got to start like wiping away some of these mistakes he makes and everything like that i don't think there's any you can't make up an excuse for him after the 2020 season this or the 2021 season this year there's enough there we need to see progress you're not a rookie young guy anymore uh that's another guy that jumps to my mind
3: and the Aaron Rodgers situation
1: continues to linger. He'll be back. He'll be back. He's coming. I I I just, you know, I know we talked about this a little last week. He he's too self-aware. He's too playing at too high of a level. Well, but what has he
3: accomplished here, Chris?
1: Well, I think what he accomplishes here is first off, I, you don't throw away you know a year that's you know, he's got he's at the end of his prime you just don't throw away that year for nothing you know I, I don't i just i can't imagine him doing that and here's the other thing i'll just say that that i think jumps out to me a little bit and maybe aaron Rodgers thinks about this you know he's not going to catch brady in the super bowl conversation right or any of that stats though he can continue to still make a mark and really continue to lift his legacy through stats I mean, it's a guy that's got, what, 99 touchdowns and less than 10 interceptions the last three years. You know, he's throwing at 4,000 yards for clip here. He can make some serious headway this year, even if he plays passing up people and touchdowns and and, you know, total yards and all those things. I would think he's aware that's going to be a big part of his legacy because his stats are as impressive as anybody, especially if he continues to go. He's done better in a short period of time than just about anybody in, in the history of the sport. He does have that to gain to go along with it.
3: I got your 40-yard dash at the Combine. <laughs> where did this come from? <laughs> well, we, were, we started out talking about the Combine, but, uh, yeah. you know, deep dive here. Right. You, you remember your 40-yard dash time? I believe that was 482. Was that a... 486. No,
1: that was a 48. What site are you on right now? What site are you on? Paulie? NFLcombine.com. Uh, I don't know. I don't. It was, I, I've never heard four eight six. I was always. I
3: always was four eight two mm. four eight zero. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I was told. Uh, I your, don't know. your your hand size ten and a half. That's the biggest right. in your draft class. Congratulations. Yeah,
1: yeah it was. It, I I can I can grip that football. There's no doubt yeah. about that.
3: Uh, yes. yes, you can. Uh, your yeah. vertical was thirty one.
1: Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, you know, not for for a white. You know, drop back pocket quarterback was all right. That 40 time though. Listen, I don't know if I was ever more nervous in my life than running the 40 at the combine in in all seriousness. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. I'm a quarterback. I'm not a sprinter. I remember getting up to the line and Jerry Jones and Bill Parcells were in the front row. Right. And I was going, I was nervous as hell. And I can still remember running down the track going, I'm running the 40 at the combine. I'm running the 40 at the combine. It was like surreal. I was saying that to myself. I couldn't believe
3: it. Uh, it was uh, just unbelievable. Uh, and you know, I'm, running memory, a, so. I'm running a, four, eight, six. I'm running a 486. <laughs> right. I'm running a 486. But I think I'm running a 482. I think I'm running a 482.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Pretend I'm running 442 to get 486. <laughs>
3: Could somebody run backwards and beat you? No. Nobody. I don't think so. Like if I don't, could think, Michael Vick run backwards and beat you?
1: I know. I, I thought of like Dion and Tyree Kill and that group right there. I, I don't think so. If they can run four eight backwards, then <laughs> I, maybe well, I need to put D, them in another class of athletes. But do they
3: do that with defensive backs, Chris? Because I want to know a defensive back what your speed is, backing up, back not running forward, running backwards. I don't know if they have a time for that, but. I would, I would certainly investigate that if I was a team drafting a defensive back.
1: Well, yeah, you you, you got to see how smooth and how good they are, especially at backpedaling and, turning. and then get getting out of that transition. Exactly right. That's the big thing.
3: Paulie, because, do you have quarterbacks in the draft? Was Sims faster than any of the other quarterbacks?
5: Uh, yeah, he was faster than Rex Grossman, shocker.
3: Oh, how about um, that? I
1: was faster than Byron Leftwich. Fast. <laughs> you, I'm and, faster than Byron Leftwich. Yeah, you, were, mean, you were. just faster yes. than Byron
5: Leftwich. You smoked Tony Romo. Tony Romo was the slowest quarterback in that draft.
1: Five second forty. Wow. Wow. I, I'm still challenging that four eight six two. It's it is a four eight two. I've never heard four eight six. Mm, all right, okay. I just but it was it was decent. You, yes, I, what, yeah. Paul? I
5: have an update. You ran? Did you run it twice, Chris? Well, I ran it twice at the combine. I got you at was... four eight six and four eight four. From the official okay, right, NFL getting,
1: we're getting there. You guys keep fishing the internet. You maybe you take another two tens off. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Chris.
3: <laughs> Thank you, guys. Be good. Talk to you soon. That's Chris Sims. He uh, impressive numbers. Well, sort of impressive numbers at the combine. I thought Romo could run a little bit there. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. Uh, last call. Oh no, we got one more hour. I'm thinking, man, that, that, that show just blew by. Can I wrap it up early, like in 15 minutes? We've never done that before. Yeah. Get Colin Cowherd to come in and ask Colin if he'll do an extra hour for me today. We'll take a break. Back after this in The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Affleck has the assist for you. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit affleck.com to learn more.
7: This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History class
3: your fast family is back fast and furious f9 in theaters tomorrow scan the code on your screen to buy tickets now paulie wanted to know if i thought this was the last fast and (laughs) furious and the answer is no it's not in even 10 oh i don't know like you know sylvester stallone is still doing rocky movies he might not be in the ring, but he's still doing Rocky-related movies. What
5: number is he up to? There's five Rockies, and then there's two Rocky Balboas, and then is Creed, where there's two of those? So that would put him at nine, I think. Yeah. Fritzy's the expert on this. Yeah.
2: I think they're right about that. I'd, I'd have to count, but I think they're, they've got to be in that nine window.
3: Thank you, Todd. You weren't, you didn't even know.
2: I, I couldn't tell you for
4: sure how many Rocky movies. Though. Okay. I could make up a number, but I would be lying.
3: Well, you could just say I don't know, but that sounds about right. i might say it's <laughs> exactly right, but it sounds in the somewhere between eight and ten would be a just, good guess.
2: Just say I don't know. I don't know. Okay, can't, you can't win.
3: All right, thank you, Todd. Yes, boy. Stallone
5: is currently uh, working on Expendables Four. Okay, okay. This, this is good. He's uh, work. He just did Creed Two, so I think it is nine Rocky-related movies. He's working on. Um, oh, this came out this come out? Rambo, Last Blood. Did anyone see that? No. Was it, it says 2019. Yeah, many, I saw it. I saw part of it.
3: How many Rambos did he have? Did, did he have five Rambos? Five. Five Rockies? Yeah. A, a couple of Creeds? Yeah. And But this is Hollywood. Hey, we
5: found success. Let's do it again. But he had five Rockies, but then he had Rocky Balboa in 2006.
3: Hmm. Yes, Todd. Are
2: they going to have no, we're serious this
5: time. Last
4: blood. Last, last <laughs> blood. Depending on how well it goes.
3: <laughs> no, we're not kidding. This is the last the blood. The very last blood. Yes. Yes, McLeod.
4: I have to, I didn't want to get you mad. I was going to bring it up yesterday. There's one Fast and Furious that I didn't like. Tokyo Drift was not No, that
3: great. wasn't. That, that doesn't count.
4: <laughs> that, is that not part of the series? I've actually wondered because okay. it had nothing to do with the characters I knew. I no. like that. That bothers me. Like that soiled the brand.
3: And I like that he didn't want to bring it up because it was going to make you mad. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you,
4: you were very defensive of the Fast and Furious I, franchise.
3: I, I like Fast and Furious. I, I did. When it first came out, I really liked that. I, I got it. I understood that this was going to be, this would be a success. Yes. Are we all going to watch this one together or what? I would like to do that. That'd be kind of fun. If we uh, went in the theater. That's the kind of movie you want to see on a big screen. Yeah, Yeah, you do. We could all go together. And uh, how about a matinee? Nothing better than a matinee. Mm. Nothing better.
4: Has anyone here gone back
3: to theater yet? No, I have not. No. No. Well, Seton says you can download these movies. A lot of them are released and you can just watch them at home instead of going to the theater. What do they charge you? Uh, Like 25 bucks. Oh, okay. Something like that. Like a normal, you know, what it would cost you for, I don't know, two or three movie tickets. okay. Yeah, I'm scared. Yes, Pauline. Imagine
5: if you're one of the actors. Remember there one of, in Fast and the Furious 1, one of Dom's crew gets killed. Imagine missing out on this payday. You you got bumped off in Fast and Furious 1. You miss the next 8. You're just
3: praying for a prequel. Oh, oh god,
2: oh, please prequel. get me
3: back in. Well, I did an interview with Julia Stiles for uh, a podcast and and she was supposed to be killed, Nikki Parsons in the First Born movie. And I said, could you imagine if you had missed out on this? And she goes, you know, at the time, you're thinking, okay, I'd die in this movie. Who knows it's going to be a long-running series of movies. Born. All right, final hour coming up, more of your phone calls. We'll see if we stay with the poll question. Seaton, Pauly, Fritzie, and McLovin, yours truly. This is The Dan Patrick Show. One more item, second hour. It's our uh, new friends from Stiefel. Uh, This past year brought a lot of changes in our lives. And for some of you, that means you changed jobs or maybe considered retirement. If that's your situation, you probably have a lot of questions on your mind. Like, how do you handle your retirement accounts? Or who should do that? Do you have enough money to retire? Is your portfolio invested appropriately? Retirement's a big deal, big step. When it comes to investing for retirement, most people can't afford to make mistakes. Stiefel has helped clients like you manage investments Investments For over 130 years, your Stiefel financial advisor can help you create a personalized retirement plan, understand your options for claiming Social Security, and implement an investment portfolio designed around your needs. Plus, Stiefel clients have access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research and investment strategy views so you can make more informed decisions. You can find your Stiefel financial advisor at stiefel.com, S-T-I-F-E-L.com, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company Incorporated.
5: The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
4: Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles
0: And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a Before you board the plane, back to reality. See how to elevate your travel experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.
3: Everything you love about Mercedes, the style, the comfort, the technology, the choice, is now available in electric. The vehicles, all electric. The feeling, all Mercedes. The choice, all yours. Learn more. MBUSA.com slash EQ.